You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Summer School Electronics. Summer School Electronics is a pedal company from Syracuse, New York, making incredible stuff. There are a few summer school devices knocking around the shred shed, and I can tell you from personal experience, they sound great, they hold up, and Mark is a super cool dude. The first pedal I saw from them was the Science Fair, which is a parallel classic drive and distortion. And now they've released a new parallel concept called the Class Reunion. The Class Reunion takes a 90s muff style circuit and combines it with their Trash Panda, which is like a soft clipping, high gain, amp in a box style circuit. And it is a super, super versatile combination with all kinds of clipping options, parallel blending. It's really, really rad, a really cool idea, and I think you should check it out. So go over to summerschoolelectronics.com. That's summerschoolelectronics.com and check them out today. Hey, how's it going? I hope the answer is splendid, because I want you to be doing splendid. I feel that's like a term that is underused. Everybody should be doing splendid. I hope you're doing splendid right now at this very moment. I really, truly do. I also want to tell you about Gun Street Wiring Shop. Gun Street Wiring Shop, based out of Bend, Oregon, so they're like semi-sorta local to me, and Sean is fantastic, and he's making a fantastic product with a crazy amount of attention to detail. So if you need a wiring harness for any of your guitars, Gun Street Wiring Shop is the place to go. They've they have excellent customer service, like a ton of custom options, and like I said, the attention to detail is crazy. You're like getting a piece of art when you order it. You'll know what I mean. When you get it, it's a whole experience. It's not just getting a product with them. They really pay attention to the whole process and the whole customer experience. So if you are looking to upgrade the wiring in your guitar, maybe you got a little scratchy pot that's been bothering you. Maybe that switch is starting to go out. Hit up Gun Street Wiring Shop and you'll have a completely new customer experience with guitar wiring. Trust me. GunStreetWiringShop.com. Check them out. We also need to talk about those wonderful folks from up north. Well, north to me and most of the U.S. They're not quite out of the U.S. yet, but they're getting close. That said, the wonderful folks from up north, Sinusoid. Everybody plays electric guitar needs a cable of some sort and these guys can hook you up with any cable you want not only are they going to build you a fantastic custom guitar cable patch cable auxiliary cable for your car like from your phone to your stereo they got all kinds of cabling options and they can make it look and perform exactly the way you want not to mention the hundred year warranty these boys offer a 100-year warranty on their cables, and it's the best in the business. If there's anything wrong, email them. They're going to make it right. It's what they do. They're the Sinusoid boys. They're the Sinusoidians. I haven't figured out a great term to say yet. I haven't got a fancy catchphrase yet, but I'm working on it. One of these days I'll get it. Maybe. But uh, seriously, hit up Sinusoid for any of your cable needs, and you'll, you'll be very glad you did. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me? Just do it. Sinusoid.com for all your cable needs. 
Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the ToneMob.com podcast, a show about guitar tone and the people behind it. I'm your host, Blake Wyland, and with me today, I have Matt and Carl from Electro Foods Pedals. Hey, how's hey. It going? what's going on, guys? Oh, not much. Yeah. I have a bit of a random question for you. Okay. Uh-oh. You know, like when this thing kicks off, I don't know. I don't, I've never really asked a guest this before, but it just occurred to me. <laughs> okay. Hey, you know what? Let's be the guinea pigs. Yeah. Yeah. I figured it's like, um, it's like anything else. Why not? Um, there's a little countdown as soon as I hit record. It goes ding, ding, ding. And I don't know if you actually see it on your end or oh, yeah, if, we do. if it's oh, we, just on my end. We do. I wasn't looking. Uh, and then I looked up and I was like, oh, two one and i was oh yeah great no it's it's helpful yeah we hear the dings too okay (laughs) good that is good i assumed that was the case but i've never actually known for sure (laughs) because i've never been a guest on this app i've only been a host so i don't really know what the guest email looks like either i just know i suppose i could set it up and send it to myself it's like right in the backseat of your own car like you never quite know what that's like yeah yeah it's kind of a weird experience when you finally do yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. If you want us to host next week, we're available. <laughs> I mean, that might be kind of fun, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe that would be a know. good. Maybe, uh, maybe that... we're not. I don't know. I just made. I just made a joke, but. Go well, for it. maybe that maybe that would be a good Patreon episode, like a full meal deal where you guys are just hosting instead. I don't know what that would mean or do. That's any different than what's happening right now. But hey, um, it, I mean, Terry Gross getting interviewed by Mark Marin was pretty amazing. I've never heard that. Oh, that wow. sounds yeah. interesting. I yeah, listen to it now because she can't stop herself from wanting to ask questions. Right. Mm-hmm. This is Terry Gross of Fresh Air because I'm an NPR nerd, so I've added myself as that already. Uh oh, that's fine. Yeah. Um, she can't stop herself from asking questions, but she also seems to be sort of a very private person. And Mark Mark is is too slick to let her get away with that. <laughs> so they end up in some really interesting areas that you know there's a lot there's a lot that you have to read between the lines i think but it it is one of the most fun interviews i've ever heard i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to check that out that sounds interesting it was pretty great yeah before we get like too deep into this maybe like what you did off the air you guys can I'm not, I don't usually do these two person interviews. Ironically, I was just editing an episode uh, that I did with some fellows from Strymon, and Mm. it was a two person episode as well. So um, the two person angle is a little bit of a new thing um, for me. That's only, it's only, this is only the third time that that's happened. Oh, wow. Well, third time in the remote fashion, I guess probably fourth time altogether. I can't remember. Some listener will correct me. (laughs) Here we are. But you guys, uh, maybe you could, uh, you know, identify yourselves for the listeners. Yeah. So I this this voice that you're hearing now is Matt. I'm Matt. I am the I'm the circuits and artwork guy. And I am Carl, and I am the builder and uh, media. Yeah, guy. That sounds right. It's mostly Instagram. To <laughs> <laughs> be honest. Yeah. Isn't it that way for everybody? Yeah. Yeah. It's the best platform. Like if I'm being honest, it really yeah, is. It's, it's a lot better than, than most of the alternatives. Like I thought about for it, like, should we get a Twitter? And I'm, like, uh. like, I, I don't, <laughs> I, I can't, I just can't do it. 
I was. A, I have one, but it's not. Yeah. I don't use it very much, and the, you know, it's pretty obvious yeah. when you slide over there and look at it. Like, hmm, this it, is not very active. Yeah. If, yeah. if Instagram had event pages, like it would just take over. Yeah, and who's who knows? It might. It might. Yeah. I mean, but it is owned by Facebook, so. But I feel like they're trying to keep them very separate in their functionality on purpose. Yeah, and the only good thing for me about Facebook is like the only reason I use it is for the groups. Like, yeah, that's otherwise it's kind of a horrible place. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it, it is. A don't kick. Line. Don't kick me off, Zuck. I still need it. Don't, <laughs> yeah, don't right. take me down. <laughs> yeah. Um. Sorry, Mark. Um. But uh, <laughs> before we get I, I too far off the rails, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, maybe, uh, maybe you guys can take the, uh, the kind of initial question of the, your, what's your musical backstory, how to kind of lead to electro foods and, and what you're doing now. And, uh, you can each okay. kind of take that one oh, yeah. and run with it yeah, however far on. you need to go. You want to go first? Sure. Um, so for me, uh, I was always into music as like a, a pretty young kid. And my cousin Travis was a little bit older than me, and he was always into rock and roll. And I always liked what he was doing. He was cool, you know. He was older and cool, <laughs> and a teenager, and so you know, uh, he'd make mixtapes and stuff. So a lot of like classic rock, and then you know, grunge stuff started happening around that time. So I was I was that kid, and. Uh, he played guitar and I wanted to be like my cousin. So I begged my parents for a while to get me a guitar and they said no. And I kept begging. They said no. <laughs> and so my uncle found a guitar someone was throwing out. It was old, uh, like acoustic that the bridge had fallen off or whatever. It was one with like a, uh, just a floating bridge. And so he just, put a block of wood in it and carved it in and gave it to me. And I didn't stop playing it and saved up and bought an electric. Uh, and that kind of started the whole, whole thing there. Do you remember what that guitar was? I do. I still have it. It's a, uh, a PV Strat copy. Um, it's the, Predator, I think. Yeah, that's not yeah. Right. it was the it was the Electro Foods test guitar for, yeah, for, you know, a couple of years ago. So like yeah. early on. So and that so also it, was, it lived a good portion of its life over the last few years in my basement. Yeah, and it was the first, Predator, not bad. Yeah, yeah, first guitar I ever modded as well. I put um, the tuners weren't that great, and so uh, ended up putting tuners on it. Uh, and uh, that held the tune better. And then I wanted different electronics. So I put, I had a bunch of DiMarzio's, the single coil spaced. I think there's a T-Zone and the PAF Pros in there. Was, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably, oh, I don't know. Yeah, 16 years ago or so. Seven years yeah, that a I couple days. That. Yeah, it's yeah. been a day or yeah. two uh skip forward to the new temptations oh um yeah so <laughs> sorry yeah it's, i don't mean to make it super long uh yeah and then i was in that, that was uh one of the first like good bands i would say i was in i was in some punk bands you know in high school and stuff and, and other bands or whatever but 
they're, they're great. I love this band. That yeah. I was in back in the day. Uh, we, we were together for like a year and, um, you know, went and recorded uh, at Berkeley in their studio. I got to record a tape, which is something that I might not ever be able to cool. do again. It was, it was it was a pretty awesome experience. So we were there for like two days. And uh, yeah, it was a super fun band. Um, and then we all moved to Philly and then broke up. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. I'm sad about it, too, because I would have loved to have seen these guys. Yeah, it was. I, mean, I was having before I even met Carl. Yeah. And then I, I played a, a. What was it? What was what band was it? The New Temptations. <laughs> oh, the New Temptations. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were I thought you were making a joke that I wasn't sure about. No, this no, that's oh, literally the name of the band. Okay, nice. Yeah, I it like, was it. like it. I mean, it was like early two thousands, like post hardcore stuff with with yeah. like weird time signature shifts and like like kind of funeral dinery. If you ever listen to that band, that sounds Which like we never my did. jam. Oh god, it's so good. This band that sounds is so like good. all kinds of my business. Is there anything available on the interwebs or or um, otherwise? So, uh, I think the answer is no. No, I, think I only have it because I know Carl. In in the future, <laughs> so we got it all done. Well, we broke up, and you know, so we got it all done. And uh, my friend, um, because that's what he went to school for. It's like, oh well, like there's some parts in it that he would have liked to have done differently. And I'm like, dude, this is like best sounding recording I've ever had. <laughs> so like, give it to me. I just like call him randomly and text him and email him and be like, hey, send those things. And he eventually stopped replying. And so <laughs> uh, I went to our our friends. Uh, a couple of our friends got married, and I ended up at his apartment. And I was like, so Ralph where are those recordings? Like yeah. I'm at your computer. <laughs> Let me find the recordings that are mine. So I don't take something else that you're working on and screw it all up or whatever. Yeah. It was like a hostage situation, man. Almost. That sounds intense. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I've been meaning to, and I've had them for a few years now. And it's just been one of those things where it's been in the back of my mind. I need to take them to, to Zach over at Kawari who did our, uh, our pedal demos, which are also not on the web. Yet, but they will be soon. Yeah. Maybe by the time this airs, that will happen. Um, but yeah, I was in that band. I was in a band in Philly. Uh, oh, now I can't think of the name. This is terrible. It's another TNT. Uh, Touch and Taste. Oh, yeah. And I was in that. Uh, I didn't know which band. I, and I played in a few too. different other bands briefly. And then um, I met Matt. And we'll, we'll let that story sit for later. It's, <laughs> it's great. And we'll let Matt okay. talk about his history and I'll stop babbling. All right. So uh, I was a weird nerdy kid um, and I was super into music, but I, I never like I played trombone in fourth grade for a year. Uh, mm -hmm. And that also happened to be the year I broke my leg and I was trying to haul a trombone around. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, so I got like just enough of like music theory to kind of know how it worked so that i so i'm a mechanical engineer so like as i learned mechanical engineering i was able to like sort of integrate that little bit of music knowledge like music theory knowledge that i had and be like oh this is how this stuff works um okay interesting but that's I, an interesting angle yeah yeah <clears throat> so i but i didn't i i got an acoustic guitar when i was in like 10th grade and i just i couldn't couldn't quite make my fingers do it and i kind of like i I haul it around with me and I still have it actually. Um, but I didn't, I didn't start playing guitar regularly until 
I was about 21, maybe 22. Oh, um, wow. And at that point, I kind of already had a band. So, so I, I met, I met an old friend of mine uh, named Nigel at a poetry reading. So I was a mechanical engineer. I was like super into like performance poetry and the slam poetry scene in, in uh, Northern Delaware. I went to the University of Delaware. Um, so I was on like several national poetry slam teams from Delaware and one from Philly actually later on. Oh yeah. Um, and so like in that, so in that scene, there's like a bunch of artists and musicians and stuff. And so I, I fell in with, uh, a, a crew of like musicians and artists who like were into like super weird, like soundscapey stuff and like some of it. And so like, we, basically we ended up writing, uh, exquisite corpse poetry where like after these poetry readings, we'd go out to this bar and just like everybody writes a line and you end up with like, and some weird people hanging around, right? So you end up with some weird <laughs> poems. And sometimes we- No we'd way, make, there's weird people in there. Yeah, scene. I know, right? So sometimes we'd make like the waitress write something, you know, and so it just like, it would just go in all kinds of crazy directions. And at one point, one of these exquisite corpses sort of spontaneously developed two channels in parallel. And okay. my buddy Nigel and I, my buddy Nigel, who had just, who was like in bands, like playing bass since he was like, nine or something like had just gotten his like first like eight track digital recorder and you know and so we're looking at this thing where it's like you know the top of the page is a line going all the way across the page and then the bottom half is like you know there's a left column and a right column and they're sort of meant to be read in parallel because the end of each line rhymes okay i got so they're, you they're they're meant to be read like over top of each other and so like nigel and i are looking at each other like so we and we had a tradition of like after each poetry reading, we'd write these things. And then the next poetry reading, like somebody would read it to the whole reading. And so we're like, well, how the heck are we going to do this? Like, we, you know, we got to get two people and we're going to like practice. And we're like, well, you got this thing. Like, let's just record it. So we went and, you know, used all his equipment and recorded this thing. And then it was like, well, it kind of needs like a backing track or something. So then we just started making like soundscapes behind this this like weird exquisite corpse poetry stuff. And that turned into, uh, it turned into a weird soundscapey recording project called I fan blades. Um, that okay, later nice. as I learned to play guitar turned into a real band. So that like, I had a band before I learned to play guitar and kind of learned to play guitar by being in that band. Um, and so like I bought, I bought a, I bought a weird sort of Tysco thing off eBay for like a hundred bucks, you know, my senior year of college and, and, you know, just started like at that point it was me and Nigel and I, and another, another guy in that reading who was like a, he was like a crazy punk hippie percussionist guy. If you, you probably can imagine that actually. <laughs> I can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so like we, we practice in his garage um, and, you know, it was, and Nigel's a bassist, but had mostly decided to play guitar for this. So I was playing guitar through bass amps, which we'll come back into the story later. Um, <clears throat> so I had this, I had this weird Tysco that I later found out uh, the neck and body were unrelated. And the, and the, so the intonation is like always wrong. Perfect. Um, that's, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Exactly. Right. That's the best way to learn. So I started learn. I started learning to play guitar on, on that guitar. Um, and I played in standard tuning for about one day. And then I was like, well, this is, this is lame. Yeah. 
So, so then I switched to drop D because I was like, well, at least I can play bar chords. Like I'm a terrible guitar player, but at least I can, I know what a bar chord is. And then like, you know, I, I came back like a couple days later and I, and I was like, I was trying to retune the guitar and I couldn't, I could only remember like <laughs> the three lower strings and, and the three upper strings. I couldn't quite remember. And I was like, well, I'll just make them all the same, like seven frets or five frets relationship. And so like, Within a couple of weeks of learn, starting to learn guitar, I started making up my own tunings. So, oh, okay. Now this is getting interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I've, I did you still, know what tu- did you know what you were tuning to? Or I were you didn't just know by tuning? I didn't know by note letter, but I knew by note relationship. Okay. So I knew I knew that I was all I was doing all fourths and fifths. So it was either power chord or inverted power chord. Right. That uh, sounds like it would be kind of fun, actually. Yeah. Well, it's I, really so, fun. So skipping ahead <laughs> in the story, I still tune in weird tunings with those kinds of relationships to this day. Um, <clears throat> so Nigel and I ended up like having, you know, pretty much having like a, a band that would actually write songs. We started out just making soundscapes and then it was like almost entirely improv. It was like weird free jazz improv stuff. Um, that would occasionally have some poetry to it. And some of those sort of started to turn into songs and I got better and able to play more like songish things and actually started writing riffs and stuff. Um, and then eventually we absorbed a drummer. So it was like two guitars. That sounds painful. Yeah, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, the, I mean, the drum kit's got all these weird sharp edges. Yeah, you absorbed him too. Yeah, it takes a lot of, wow. you know, it's osmosis. A lot of mass as well. A lot of osmosis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get I'm those sorry. ion channels pumping. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So, <laughs> so we ended up so it was uh, it was two guitars in weird, you know, sort of open chord made up tunings, uh a a weird punk hippie percussionist who literally worked at Goodwill. So his entire kit was like stuff that he'd found at Goodwill. Perfect. Like there, was, there was one show where he played an empty 50 gallon drum with a long handled spade. Okay. <laughs> this sounds like you just had a great time. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and, but then we absorbed like an actual drummer uh, absorbed. Um, and he, he was like, I, like I knew this kid when he was like 15 and he, you know, like foot high Mohawk, like wanted to be in a punk band so freaking bad. And it, and he went to get drum lessons and he went to like crazy old jazz guy for drum lessons. And he was like, I want to play punk rock. And the guy was like, no. And like <laughs> smacked him and was like, no, we're going to, we're going to learn uh, count Basie, you know? And so like he, he has all, of, so he's got all of this like punk drive and punk energy and like has played punk rock for like seven years by the time we pulled him into our band, but also had this like jazz background that was like, you know, it was super interesting and like super, you know, like really, really into the details and into the technique sort of training. Right. Um, so he was like really tech could be really technical. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was the, the four of us for a couple of years um, and wrote, I, you know, some by the end, some pretty darn good songs and actually actually released something on vinyl. It's the only thing I've ever I've ever put the vinyl. That was super. Oh, very cool. Yeah, we made a we made a two song twelve inch EP. That's awesome. A, yeah, yeah, it was pretty great. And we like screen printed 
screen printed the all the shirts ourselves and like screen printed the record sleeves ourselves and like did did like the whole freaking thing like diy as much as possible yeah um anyway so so that band breaks up um i'm in i'm in another band with nigel as well different drummer and a third guitarist and this third guitarist is like like went to school for guitar and plays through a Marshall rig. Nigel and I are still <laughs> basically playing through bass amps at this point. Um, by this time, I have I have my seventy nine PVT sixty, which is still like my main guitar. Um, which which at the time was tuned. Let's see, CGC FC C sharp, I believe. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Or actually, I think in that in that band it was mostly C F C G uh c c sharp okay yeah i think that's that's what we're doing there um so in that in that band that's the main guitar i was playing i also have uh an old craftsman hollow body and to this day i still can't exactly figure out the model but if you like old k hollow bodies with like like weird pointy almost like novo guitars sort of pick guards yeah, um, I I know the old craftsman stuff. I've seen. Yeah, some of those. yeah. So I had like a three pickup one of those, um, and I had that set up for A A E E A A. Um, and I only play with flat wounds, so both of those tunings are are in Theodario uh, Chromes. <laughs> very very particular tastes. Yes, yes, I do. That's the other thing of us. That's the other thing about the partnership with, with Carl taste. is like Carl has much more. I would not like still very particular, but like knows all of the normal things that guitarists know and that like, you know, people who have played guitar for a long time know. And I'm coming at it from this like totally weird angle and like don't know all those normal things. Yeah. Um, Which is fun. I yeah, it it's fun. So a different place. it gets us to a very different place. Yeah. We have very different approaches to a lot of things. Yeah. Um, so that that band uh, with Nigel with three guitars one with a very normal Marshall rig and then me and Nigel with like bass rigs. And by that point, Nigel's Nigel was playing a baritone EGC. Um, Ooh, very nice. Yeah. It's such a still nice jealous. guitar. It's yeah. still, so, it was the Chessie model as a 27 baritone. I think maybe it was 28. Not Nigel's, Nigel's a big guy. He's a, he's like six, three and he's got, he's got very long arms. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was a 28, but it looks like a 27 on him. <laughs> um and I, I've played it. It's such a nice guitar. And it, it's like Carl and I have a weird particular thing where we both kind of like fat necks. Um yeah. Oh yeah, you're talking my language. Yeah, and uh, and like Kelly guy, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Baseball and, bat. And my my T sixty doesn't particularly have a fat neck, but I'm just so comfortable with that guitar, it doesn't matter. But other than that, I prefer a fat a fat neck for the most part. Yeah. And and Nigel's I almost ABC. bought a T sixty like a like last year, I because I, I oh, really dude. like how they look and they're really cool. Oh, they're, they're so great. cool! Yeah, but I, I, I couldn't get on with that neck. The weight was fine. I didn't care about that. Everyone's yeah, like they're so heavy. I'm like, whatever, it's fine. But the neck, I couldn't, I couldn't get behind, and it bummed me out. Yeah, I'll give you a pro tip. <laughs> give guess, me a pro tip. Guess what neck will fit almost assuredly directly in? Uh, you might have to do a tiny bit of routing. I'm assuming but, like a telly neck or something. A telly neck, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. A telly neck will fit yeah. right in. I I had one on my T60 for a brief second, um, 
because again i just you know i i love the fat necks and i knew that and i'd known it for a while but i i had gotten a, a an sg special which also had a for a, a gibson sg a, a pretty fat neck um mm-hmm. and i got a the neck what you know I, I i picked up whatever was available at the time i was like i need to get this now and like a friend of mine had one and i i bought it and it was a, the 22 fret so it had the overhang so the only thing oh, i right. had to do was cut around the pick guard a little bit um to, to so that the uh the neck would sit down into the body and it i mean the the screws lined up perfectly yeah um, so you can you can make a you, you can make a warm-off neck or a tell or just use your telly oh neck. yeah whatever you want oh yeah no because i put the i did have a baritone uh neck a telly neck on it as well yeah for a, a brief moment as well so yeah definitely that would be fun. well with the with the telly necks and yeah. uh yeah that's that's great chip todd yeah. is uh chip todd is we, we we do love chip todd yeah uh, quite a bit <clears throat> i actually got a chance to talk to that guy he's the uh, the guy that designed that with uh, Hartley with PV and uh, the dude is he's just, such a cool dude he's so, he's so nice yeah so he's I, such a nice guy so I've got this the seventy nine T sixty it's like it it's not like the earliest earliest version of those pickups but it's still the the toaster model without the blade mm-hmm. um, and at one point the neck pickup died and I like I'd been on I'd been on like the T sixty mafia and stuff so like I knew that like chip todd was like always hanging around so i managed to find his email address and i emailed him i was like hey i got this t60 and neck pickup died and he's like ah no worries i probably got one um let me ask you a couple questions to make sure i give you the right version and he's like is it the does it you know can you tell does the potting have is it like really nice and clean or does it have like masking tape texture on it and i was like oh yeah there is kind of a masking tape and he's like oh yeah so that's like before we had the molds to like pot the pickups in. So we were just using masking tape to cover the holes. So yeah, I got one of those in my garage. I'll send it to you for like 50 bucks. I was just like, nice. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. So, so yeah. So like, I, I, I think I mailed him a check because like, you know, he's an old guy, you know, so <laughs> yeah. I mailed him a check for 50 bucks and he mailed me like, I, I, as far as I could tell, like shrink wrapped, never been in a guitar, like vintage, like early model T60 pickup for the neck of my T60. Yeah. That's so cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's how I got to talk to him because his computer was broken. And he was like, he saw, saw the email a few weeks ago. Oh, I'm so sorry. It took me so long. Uh, my computer's well, broken. And you Here's were emailing my... him about something else. It was an unrelated conversation. Yeah, yeah. No, I was, yeah. Uh, it was either, I think it was the, the other pickup because we were going to get the Oh, you were trying to mine, track down another set of those pickups for your T60. For mine. Yeah. And then I ended up talking to him again, uh, trying to figure out. No, I, I was talking to him about the uh, the tuners. I oh, talking yeah, about yeah. the pickup as well. But I was talking to him about getting tuners for my. Uh, <laughs> Collectively, our memories will get there. My I had a foundation, which had the same <laughs> tuners as the uh, as the T40s. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. And he he's was like, oh, you know what I always use? I use the hip shots now. And I was like, dude, I love hip shot. And so I just bought the hip shots instead. Yeah, uh, the hip shots are great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they're And they're a great company. Like, you call them up and they, for my baritone, they routed out the, because um, I wanted a, a thicker string on it, and they routed out uh, that for that and sent it to me. No extra charge. It mailed that day. I got it the next day. 
Beautiful. <laughs> I mean, wow. I called yeah. them at like two or three in the afternoon and it was in the mail. And I mean, they're not that yeah. far away from us. They're like four hours, I think. They're outside like Ithaca, I think, something like that. Yeah, up in your old stomping grounds. No. Mm. Close. <laughs> 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 Not it sounded like a like. I'm, well, I'm not. I'm gonna quiet. I'm gonna upset Carl by saying this phrase, but Carl, Carl's from upstate New York, uh, Western New York. <laughs> There's uh, no, anyone who's a, not from New York. York is that? Uh, well, not in the city. Yeah. So anyone who's I'm sorry, yeah, I'm exactly. just being <laughs> Oh, um, yeah, no, yeah, it's uh, a whole thing. Perfect. So I, I grew up outside of uh, uh, Rochester, and I went to school outside Buffalo. So I spent a long time in, in small college towns. And uh, gotcha. yeah. then decided I wanted something different. So I yeah. moved to Philly and haven't looked back. Yeah. Oh, so since oh. we're talking about T60s, we should probably go into the story of how we met. Right. Um, oh, so yeah. Was that where we were going? I kind of derailed yeah, it. By yeah, no. That's okay. actually, we we yeah. did plenty of derailing ourselves. Uh, yeah, if you get us talking about... <laughs> well, I was going to say specifically PV, but just I think that's a big thing because Chip is such a great guy. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so my... Now roommate and actually then roommate, we were not roommates for a short period of time. Um, Drake, and also the third member of our band. Yeah, who's who's the bass player in our band now? Um, his old band, uh, Fruit Punch, was having uh, a show. Um, they were playing with a uh, limp wrist. Yeah. Um, yeah, queer core band called Fruit Punch. How great is that? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, it's perfect. It's, yeah, it's so good. Um, so yeah, they were they were playing, and I went to the show because I knew Drake. Right, and, and I had just moved to the Philly, or just moved to the Philly, <laughs> just moved to Philly. Uh, and those two previous bands I've been speaking of uh, had broken up at that point, and I was I was like I'd been, you know, I, I moved to Philly, and I was like playing all these riffs in my basement, and I I'd, I'd even sort of started making pedals and stuff a little bit at that point, yeah, um, and. You know, I was like, I moved to Philly and I only knew like a couple of people here. And my old buddy that I knew from that same poetry reading back in the day in Delaware, uh, Drake was his band's playing the show. So I was like, well, I got to go to that. So I went and I and I'm walking up and it was, it was at the, the first Unitarian Church in Philly, which if if you're from anywhere remotely near this neck of the woods, you've probably been to a show there. Yeah. Um, they I'm not i am yeah i know i know that i know that you're not yeah <laughs> you gotta come out man yeah let's hang out have some cheesesteaks for sure we'll play mm. some guitars that sounds delicious <laughs> yes and there's a bunch of us here yeah you know, there's, a, yeah. there's a bunch of pedal cats in philly it's true it's true pedal wait pedal cats <laughs> this is a new thing there might be some dogs too i don't know yeah yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, that's okay. It's easy to do. <laughs> I, yeah. want, I do want to hear the story, but we can talk about cheesesteaks later. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm derailing it. Yeah. Cheesesteaks and cats. Um, so I'm walking up, I'm walking up to the church, uh, and I see Drake standing out front, like by himself, smoking a cigarette. And and Drake Drake sees me and it's like, what the hell are you doing here? It's like, I came to see you. What do you think I'm doing here? And he's like, Oh, cool. He's like, you know, so did the whole like, oh, what have you been doing? Because I hadn't seen him in several years at this point. Um, and I was like, well, I just moved to Philly, looking to start a band. And he's like, well, what kind of band do you want to start? And I was like, I don't know, weird, sludgy, like mixing time signatures, 
And he's like, huh, have you met my roommate, Carl? And I was like, no. And it, so he like walks me like 20 feet over to this guy who's sitting on like the railing. And, and he says to me, Drake says to me, like, tell him what you just told me. And I was like, okay. So I repeated all that stuff. And Carl's like, that's cool. What kind of guitar do you play? And I was like, well, I was like, uh, it's a weird old guitar. I play a PVT-60. And like, no, most- you didn't say that. You said, oh, I play this weird old PV. You probably haven't heard of it. And I was like, <laughs> try me. Because <laughs> I worked in a guitar uh, store for four years, and I'm a, I'm a big gear nerd. And yeah. that's and that's what he said. And I was like, try me. He's like, no, nah, it's from like the 80s. And like, it's weird. You you haven't heard I of it. I said I'm pretty sure. sure. Oh, well, yeah. See, we're both forgetting. <laughs> yeah. We're old. Uh, but yeah. And I was like, that just, that, tell me what is that? You know, I might not, you know, you never know. I don't know everything. And he was like, oh, I play a PVT 60. And I was like, Oh cool. Me and too. No, I said PVT 60 mostly through bass amps. Oh yeah. And you said me too. And it was the bass amps part that like really threw me. And I even had a moment where I was like, is this dude making fun of me? <laughs> it was just <laughs> no. too weird. It was just too weird. Um, I just gotta then, say, I don't know. Uh, you're, Carl, your impression of Matt, I'm sitting here listening to him. It doesn't sound entirely <laughs> accurate. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. It really made him sound like kind of a downer. He was just, he was so like, no, he was, but he was just like, oh, you, no, like, let's, we'll talk about other stuff. Like, you don't have to talk about the specific thing that's so weird you've never heard of. I, like, I, being an engineer, like, I'm used to, like, I have to stop myself from going into way too much detail on a lot of things yeah. for most people. So like I, you know, just meeting this person for the first time, I didn't want to just like launch into a super detailed explanation, uh, which apparently I should have. I didn't know at the time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Know. How could you know? Uh, so, so we spent like most of the show just hanging out and talking gear and stuff. And yeah. by the end of, the following week, it was like 4th of July weekend was like the next week. Um, and so we like, we basically had our first band practice and it was basically like, like he was roommates with Drake. And so it was like, all right, well, we're going to play in this basement. And Carl's like, if we play enough cool riffs, like Drake will want to come play bass for us. <laughs> sure enough. Like yes. 45 minutes later, he's like, Hey, um, I'm going to interrupt you guys, but like, I have this like line in my head. Do you mind if I like grab a bass and like, we're like no, no, it's cool. Yeah. You're just all nonchalant. Like yeah. we didn't, kind of almost planned this like right, exactly. didn't exactly plan it but i i knew it was one of those things and i mean you text me right as i was about to text you it was like hey you still like into this idea of this band and i was like yes yeah i had my phone up with his number <laughs> about like literally about to text him it's you know it's yeah. it's it's a pretty great story yeah and Hopefully. and the rest is history yeah pretty um, much so at, at some point like I, I was making i'd sort of been building pedals for myself um, and modern stuff. And, and Carl came to me with, uh, a pedal I hadn't heard of the harmonic percolator that he'd always been interested in. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was like the beginning of our three, four year process of developing and perfecting the pig pile. Yeah. That took some. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that, that was like, we, we built, okay. I don't know. We, I don't know, 25, 30, 40 ver- different versions and like tweaking it and like changing stuff. I've got like half a notebook filled with variations on that schematic. Yeah. There's a, that thing's the basic circuit <clears throat> is not super complicated. It's super weird. Yeah. 
but it's not super complicated, but because we don't like to do things easy, um, <laughs> you know, I think one of the first things I said to Matt is like, oh, I've always wanted to do this pedal, but I kind of want to do that thing where like, um, it's, so this pedal is like uh, made famous by Steve Albini. Mm-hmm, of um, course like uh this yes they, yeah. they made a handful of them and they command super high prices and and, whatever. and you know i i i've come to the conclusion that i think the schematic of the originals like changed over the years yeah because you get you get like there's if you try to find an actual legit schematic for this pedal like you can't there's like three or four different versions and like there's like people in the camp of one schematic like no it's like this and there's people in the camp of another schematic like no it's like this and you know, because he he poured he poured like epoxy over all of them, so and like covered up the the transistors and like the parts. You can't read any values on it, and and so like the couple people who have tried to like chip that stuff away and like read parts end up with different answers. Yeah, so like, right. no one knows what a real and they one maybe is. maybe they actually are different too. Like maybe I, they yeah, were. No, I yeah. think they are. I think that's what I that's what I'm saying. Like I, I'm pretty sure that there is no like you know like golden yeah this is the right schematic because i think it changed like over the years yeah and maybe he just built everyone different maybe he's just one of those guys I, or yeah he didn't make that many of them right it's entirely oh, possible yeah. yeah yeah you know he wasn't doing full-on production runs but you know i wanted to have because there's a thing when you turn both all the way up you get all these crazy almost more seemingly random harmonics start jumping out and i kind of wanted to have that like have it to where I could have a lot of gain and distortion uh, happening in in the circuit, but not necessarily it be all crazy. But I also wanted the ability to turn on that at any point and just make all that stuff happen because that seemed like more fun. And then we made it to have a you know wider range of uh, of tone and you know like more treble and more bass and you know yeah just... and i so i was like at the time i was also i i had a black russian muff for years that I, that i kind of loved and kind of hated <laughs> like i loved how it sounded when i was playing like like big chords and stuff and but like and even for like single note lines like it was okay but I, you just couldn't tame it it was either like it was either like all of everything or, or just noise. And there was no, like, there was no middle ground. And it was like, if it was on at all, it was just like noisy screaming. And so like, I tried modding it a bunch and I tried like trying to clean up the power supply and I, and I eventually just kind of scrapped it. And I also like, I, I kept trying to give, I kept trying to get, I, I, people are probably gonna laugh when I say this. I kept trying to get more bass out of a black Russian. Oh. Mob. <laughs> really? Yeah. Not enough no, and you're playing yeah. through a bass amp in right. down tuning. You just yeah. you should have yeah. been a bassist, I guess. I well, yeah, <laughs> that might have been true. <laughs> and and I like I I've sort of realized over the years that I do kind of play guitar like a bassist in some ways. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, but I like I'm more like I don't in in even the way I write songs. Like I don't write like or riffs. I mean, like I don't write riffs really. I write melodies that I play as riffs. Yeah. Okay. And That's so I'm, cool. I'm writing like melodic bass lines that that have enough rhythm to them to also be a riff, really, I guess. Yeah, it's fun. I like it. <laughs> Car so Carl started as the guitarist in this band and is now the drummer. Yeah. So I took a shift. Yeah. 
He did. He took a little sidestep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A little sidestep. Yeah. Is this um, the drummer it, that you absorbed coming out of your? Is this like? No. Sort of no. 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 I wasn't thing. absorbed. So no. basically, what ha- what <laughs> happened was we person. we pulled. So when when I met Carl and then we you know we tempted Drake into the band. <laughs> uh, Come on down. We have riffs yeah. down here. Right. Exactly. I'd already it sort of been be. talking to another friend of ours uh, who is mainly a bass player, but like kind of plays a lot of other stuff. Um, and, you know, and I was like, yeah, like we should do something, but it just like hadn't happened yet. And so like when, and and I was actually like our very first practice, I actually brought a drummer, um, but he was about to move from the Philly area to Brooklyn, to Brooklyn. So like, he was like, yeah, this is this band would be really cool, but I can't be in it because I'm moving away. Um, so we were we were sort of in need of a drummer. So I talked to this other friend of ours who mainly plays bass and was like, would you I know you kind of play drums. You want to play drums in this band? Um, and he, you know, he he played drums for a while and it was fine. It was great. Um, but he he just like he picked up more hours at work and just like couldn't practice more than like once in a while. And so we were just like, uh, just like we need to we need to get together more often. So we, you know, he ended up leaving the band and then Carl shifted over to drums. uh, And then it was just the three piece and it's been that way since. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. Um, But yeah, Yeah. so the story about the black Russian going like three steps back. So I, I'd been, I'd been kind of trying to make, I'd been wanting to make like the thing that replaces the black Russian on my board. And so like when we started messing around with this, the thing that became the pig pile um, with like a harmonic percolator at its core and then a lot of other weird stuff going on, um, I was kind of trying to like mold it into that thing that could be that. And little did I know that that circuit just is never going to do that thing that I needed it to do. Um, It does a lot of other cool stuff, but it doesn't it doesn't do that. So I kept I kept like shoving like more low end and more gain and like putting it, you know, putting a JFET uh, booster up front and then like putting, you know, just all kinds of stuff. Like we were adding clipping in ways that aren't normally in percolators. We were adding like extra controls to control things and just, you know, kind of like, and even now the pig pile is still like our um, everything but the kitchen sink pedal. Like there's like, it's the only one of our pedals that has dip switches inside it. it's it yeah there's just so many so many freaking options on that pedal um and it and it came from trying every idea that we could because it's the thing at its core is so simple and so cool and does this weird thing and but you can take that little nugget and do like a million things with it yeah and so we tried all of those million things um and i you know it never really it never really did that black russian thing but I really like where it ended up. I just had to yeah, stop. It's a, it's a fun pedal. I remember that one very well. Nice. From, uh, hear the riff. It was yeah. uh, very, very interesting to me. Yeah, it does. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And we've like, we've, we've sort of a beat it with other percolator based pedals. Um, like Wooly of champion lucky. He's got one. Um, mm-hmm. John Snyder's EAE. He's got, you know, he's got the uh, the uh, dude incredible with the percolator and an IVP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so like we we a beat it with like several percolators, like even just at Fear the Rift, just kind of like, oh, let me play this thing through this one, and then go over to this table and play it through this one. And it 
and Woolies kind of has its own thing going on too. Actually, Woolies sounds really good, but they all sound different. And yeah. the, the pig pile sounds like its own thing. And I think some of that may be the fact that we're using for, for both the NPN and the PNP part of the, you know, the harmonic percolator core, we're using high gain modern silicon transistors instead of like an old silicon NPN and an old germanium PNP. Um, I think, but you know, necessarily ours is just going to sound different probably because of that. In addition to all the other crap we have going on yeah. in that battle. Just throw a few more switches into it. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so did you, did you guys start, like, did you guys, obviously you started doing it out of your own need and want to try to chase this particular sound with yeah. the black Russian yeah. percolator thingy. Um, but did you start with the intent of like, well, yeah, we're going to make some of these and sell them or was that sort of a, no, I mean, in my mind that came later. Not really. I like, I just started building pedals cause I, I needed, but actually, so like that, that second band with Nigel with the three guitar players, like I was playing, I was playing at this incredibly loud that actually I, I still use two ohm cab with like two bass speakers and two guitar speakers. <laughs> um, and so it's like it's like an old crappy like piece of crap Behringer 412, um, and then I I put you know a couple different eminent speakers in it, um, and it was just so freaking loud and so freaking deep and thumpy. And it, it's weird those Behringer cabs are like heavy and they're kind of crappy, but like they're extra deep for like no reason relative to most 412s. So there's just more airspace in there. So if you put speakers that can like handle low end, like you'll hear it. Um, and so, so I was using that and I was using a PV alpha base head, which I don't know if you're familiar, but if you want a $250, 160 watt six by six L six all tube head. Hmm. And I just might. That you just might. It that, does that. that exists. Yeah. It's the PV alpha base. And it does two yeah, interesting, four, right? Yeah, it does two ohms and four ohms. Yeah. yeah. And so that's that's yeah. And it's got like a thing. it's got like an op amp based graphic EQ that you can switch in and out. Yeah. In an otherwise all tube head. It's super weird. It's, it's a weird like the story that I've heard, uh, and this may be apocryphal, is that it was basically like Hartley had a bunch of extra random parts around and decided to like make an amp out of it so they could get rid of the parts. It sounds about right. It, it not, does not. It, yeah. I mean, it sounds like a Harley PV thing for sure, <laughs> but there's such weird parts. Like who has, who has output transformers for a six by six L six tube amp that go down to two ohms just laying around. It's probably one of those deals where like, cause they were, you know, they were and are a bigger company in this industry. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably one of those deals. If if that story is true, who knows? But if it's true, it's probably one of those things where like somebody put in an order with the transformer manufacturer and the <laughs> wires got crossed somewhere, and then all of a sudden it was like, why do we have these? Why do we have these? What what are we gonna do with these? Yeah, like, I don't know. Throw them in the corner, and then one right, day right. Old, old Hartley was strolling down the hall and said, "What's this box of useless transformers?" Yeah, what's this nine thousand pound box of useless transformers? <laughs> I don't know. We've just yeah, concocted I mean, a scene that that I kind of yeah. No, that totally happened. makes sense. It could yeah. totally be that. I hope and, that. Yeah, exactly and I do. I do happened. work at a major electronics company. That that sort of stuff does kind of happen. Yes, it um, does. Yeah, and it's it's also weird because it's a rack mount head. Like right, it's, right, right. Yeah, well, I mean, and it's, I remember these right? now. 
I've seen these things before. Yeah. 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 And it's got this giant power transformer and this giant output transformer, and they're literally suspended over the PC board inside it. Well, you know, they like to like live on the edge over there. To the enclosure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, I've, I've fixed, <laughs> I've fixed mine tw twice and I currently have to fix it again. Um, so we, I, this band that Carl and I and Drake have, we have a history of vibrating things apart. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah. 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 When you're playing uh, four bass amps out of yeah, four we have more, half stacks. We, we have more bass amps than people in this band. Yeah. Um, nice. And the vibrate stuff. Yeah. So it's so the, the deal is that my rig and Drake's rig are both like full range. So it, it they're all bass amps, but we're using essentially a guitar cab and a bass cab for both our rigs. Mm-hmm. Um, and Drake has uh, a, a GK 800RB and an acoustic 330 mm -hmm. um, and a PV TVX 412 for the GK, which is so it's like a giant ported 412 that weighs a million pounds. It's, yeah, it's made of concrete. We call it Bertha. Yeah, <laughs> it has a name. It's, it, it is the worst cab to transport in the history of the world because it's got the it's got those PV Sheffield speakers in it. Which Oh, yeah, yeah. The 10, the, the base 10. Cause it's what, cause I have a PVTVX as well in my rig, but it's the 10 version, which yeah. is like the common one like the, the 12 are super rare, apparently. So I, I didn't know that when I bought it. Um, but the tens, like the speakers blew at one point. And so like I swapped them and like pulling the, each speaker, I swear weighs 35 pounds, the tens. And that 412 has four of the 12 version of that speaker in it. And I, I haven't pulled them out. I don't know how much they weigh. But I wouldn't be surprised if they're 45 or 50 pounds each. Yeah. Wow. That's a big it's, magnet. Yeah. It's yeah. it's huge. And it you can tell though, because it thumps like nothing else. It it does sound good. Uh and every time we play, I hate I hate <laughs> it as we take it to the show. We play, I'm like, man, that sounds good. And then we leave and I hate it again. Uh yeah. you know, it's a yeah. little hate. It, it is, show. it is. But on, on the top of Drake's rig is, is an Avatar 412 that also is at two ohms yeah. for the acoustic 330 because that goes down to two ohms. Um, and it's also got two bass speakers and two guitar speakers in it, but I don't recall. What, I don't what, recall. The I think the, the bass speakers are the Beta 12A2s, but I don't remember what you put in the guitar side. There's Legend v, V128s in mine. This are they the cannabis rexes? I think they're the cannabis rexes. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. we looked at the which cannabis is what majors, I what I wish but... that I had put in mine. Yeah, because <laughs> that that, uh, that white avatar cab of Drake sounds freaking fantastic. Sound good. Yeah, I can't <clears throat> even imagine how how loud this is. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's loud. It's pretty loud. Yeah, I play oh, yeah, and so seventeen my... inch hi hats <laughs> in this band. So if if anyone you know <laughs> listeners, I know it's a lot of guitar. Yeah, so so rotor style, like so, Jason yeah, rotor style from from neurosis, or and now he plays in sleep. Um, yeah, yeah, I it I just have to I just had to keep on getting bigger and bigger stuff so it would be loud enough because I'm competing with like close to a thousand watts of of full and full range too, so it's like lots of bass, lots of mids, and lots of treble. So it's you know for me to cut through. You know, there. I remember, like early on, there there shows I'd play, and people were like, "I could hear like the cymbals and your snare." Oh, my God! <laughs> yeah, I need to yeah. do something. And you're playing like fat oak sticks and breaking them like multiple times a show. Well, not anymore. I, 
You got Not since that. I got the bees. The bees are beef here. Okay. Yeah. All right. But oh, back to the 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 black uh, Russian moth. At one point in time, <laughs> I love. It all comes back to that. It all, yeah, it all comes back. Uh, <laughs> so, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um. So, uh, I love history, and um, I took I took a class on Russian history, and I said, "Hey, man, oh, if you ever I, do." I know where you're going with this, and I'm going to interrupt you for one second. <sighs> <laughs> Because there's there's a thing that came before that. What's Oop, that? Ooh, I'm what's sorry, that? I just kicked our mic. Yeah. Um, so we're we're working on the percolator, the the pig pile, and and I, I like and we've got this band with all this loudness, right? And uh-huh. and I've given up on trying to use my black Russian in this band because as loud as our freaking amps are, like the the noise that comes out of the thing is just deafening when I don't want it to be. And so like I've so I, I've got to find a pedal to be like my main like thick heavy distortion in this band or fuzz distortion you know so like i i mean even it's like whether it's more fuzzy or more distortion it almost doesn't even matter for me it has more to do with like how the low end rolls and rumbles that makes right, sense right yeah it does yeah um and so like so i was like okay well if the if the pig pile can't be it that's fine and i at this point i don't even know if we'd named it the pig pile yet um I'll make up some other thing. So I, I, and I just kind of started messing around with JFETs at that point and like put a JFET booster in the front end of the, of the pig pile. And like, I was sort of getting, sort of getting comfortable with them. And I, and, and Carl had been, had been using uh, a fat boost mm-hmm. yeah. in, in booklegger at the time when he was playing guitar. And I, and I like, I dug into that circuit and that circuit is, and I, that was when I learned about JFET mu amps and which is like the main thing in that pedal and like how it's like two JFETs like pushing and pulling on, on a single amplifier stage. And I was like, Oh, that's really cool. I should do something with that. So I started messing around with like, like JFET mu amps and like clipping after it and like asymmetrical clipping with like LEDs and stuff. And it took a couple of years of like trying a whole bunch of different things, but that pedal eventually became the eye of raw. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I like that. One. That was my favorite one. I think was the eye excellent. Cool. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Which also still does not do that thing that I needed it to do. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. And so like after, so like I spent I don't know maybe a maybe six months trying to like force the pig pile to be that thing that I needed, and it just couldn't do it. And then I started developing the raw, and I was, and eventually I was like, okay, this is really cool, but this still isn't quite it. And I ended up using like you know, more newer and progressively newer and newer versions of the eye of raw as the main thing for that band for years. Yeah. Like even until like maybe a year ago, I was still using, you know, versions of the eye of raw, um, as like the main heavy pedal in that band. Um, but I eventually just gave up and said, okay, it, there's something inherent in that like feedback clipper with a BJT that's in a muff that like, it's gotta be a muff based thing. So that, so then I was like, okay, we're going to have to do some sort of muff thing. I've got to like, cause I, I kind of been like really into the idea of doing like really weird, unique circuits and like not trying to do like slight tweaks on existing things. Right. Like we, We'd started with a harmonic percolator, but we'd taken it to places that like it had never seen before, 
and had made it super weird and super out there and all these kind of crazy options. And I was like, you know, at this point, there's a few years later, we're starting to think like, maybe we could like sell these things. These are pretty cool. Yeah. And I, so I was kind of thinking like, I don't want to be the guy who's doing slight tweaks on circuits. Like I'd rather be doing, you know, really out there things. And so like, even though I had loved muffs and muff like things for years, like I, I'd spent a whole bunch of time not making one. And, it, and, and after finally giving up on the raw, I was like, Meh. I mean, not giving up, but like giving up on it being that main heavy thing in Booklegger yeah. in our band. I, I was like, mm, I'm going to have to make a muff thing. And, and as he was, I didn't know that at the time that he was kind of having that idea. And uh, I had mentioned to him, as I said before, like a history nerd. And I was like, oh man, <laughs> if we do like a muff based thing, we should call it the Oprich Nikki. And he's like, what's that? And I sent him a link. Uh, and it's uh, Ivan the Terrible's um, like proto-religious uh, military, like secret police sort of thing. Oh, who are and, also, who and are also so, monks. Yeah, they're, well, kind of monks. Yeah, they dressed like monks. He would wake them up at like 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> and he would hold a, a religious service. And they, and then they would go back to sleep. They'd wake up another couple hours later, eat, uh, and then uh, do terrible, terrible things yeah, to anyone. They were awful, awful people. Suspected of uh, treason and, and or you know anything. So a lot of were the, you know, was this people, like a a thing that people knew about, or was it like a his like you said secret police? It makes me think that it wasn't uh, common knowledge. I mean, I guess if you lived if. If you lived in his time period, you knew about them. Yeah, the 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 identities of the people were, were secret. Yeah. So th there's the thing, I forget what they're called in, in Tolkien's thing. So like the big, uh, like the, the skeleton and the, the, Nazgul. And the cloaks. The Naz yeah, the Nazgul. The Nazgul? Yeah. They're based, I, I'm pretty sure based off yeah, of that. I've heard because that as well. Because, you know, the, they ride these big black horses they are in these cloaks. Right. Um, so like the, the Nazgul imagery is taken from the Okritchniki, what they were trying to put forward when they were out in the world. Yeah. Uh, oh, so creepy. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's you creepy know. to think about. So these dudes are just riding around in big black horses and cloaks and yep. murdering people or torturing. Yeah, people. pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Uh, both, both, both. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And just, you know, um, and I was like, that's weird. That's what we should name it. You know, it's it's Russian, right? Uh, <laughs> it's heavy. It's not a light topic. It's heavy. Uh, and but first and foremost, it's Russian. <laughs> and I just, I just thought it was, yeah. You know, I've I, actually, you know what? I, even before college, I learned about that. I learned about them in high school. Yeah, so and now. I learned this from Carl, but I pretty much immediately knew that's what we were calling that. And title. then he was like, "Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm working on the circuit already." Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, and then he, you know, kind of you know, tweaked it up and we've, you know, we spent some time tweaking that. And which, I mean, that's kind of our thing is. Yeah. We, we spent a lot of time in development on, on circuits for the most yeah. part. And I think some of that was like, I had to, we had to learn what we were doing. Yeah. I mean, cause we're, you know, we're learning on the fly in a lot of ways, but it's been, it's been four or five years and we're a lot more confident with like trying to, trying to sort through, like if it's not sounding right or if it's not doing something, you know, feet like being able to dig in and I actually have a decent oscilloscope now. When we first started working, I, I had 
I had a 1950s Tektronics tube oscilloscope, which I still have, and it still works. I like my dad is an organic chemistry professor, and it was like literally in his building in like a closet since the 50s because I have the calibration records. It hasn't been calibrated since like 1959, and so it's been like transferred from like multiple buildings in this at this at Lycoming College in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, where I grew up. Um, you know, it just got transferred from building to building to building as they like built new ones and tore down old ones. And then finally he was just like, do you want this? And I was like, yes. Uh, and it still works. It actually still works. I don't think it works particularly well. Um, or accurately perhaps. Or accurately. Yeah. I mean, it'll give you like, it'll, yeah, it's very cool. It'll make a picture on the screen of what your signal's doing, but you're not going to be able to take measurements on that. Um. But, you know, sometimes that's enough just to get the visual. It looks so cool, though. I mean, it's gigantic. It's 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 kind of like... It, it, it's on a rolling rack. 50s like. TVs where, like, the thing's five <laughs> times larger than the screen is, you know? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. yeah. And then the dials on it. Yeah, I, ha- I, hope it, I hope it never breaks because I don't know that I'm... It, it, it has my favorite knob label ever which at some point I'm going to figure out how to put it on a pedal. Yeah. It has an astigmatism knob. An astigmatism knob. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because apparently when you're making a screen nice and clear, that is a similar process to whatever glasses need to do to fix your eyeballs when you have astigmatism. Are you serious? That's hilarious. I, I, that's the only thing I can think of. It's got to be related to it because it has something to do with like focusing the the cathode ray beam onto the phosphor on the screen. So. Yeah. Wow. It Good literally times. has this an thing sounds awesome. You gotta, you gotta take a picture of that and post it up. I yeah, you know I what we absolutely will. So we'll, yeah, yeah. We should definitely do that. It, I wish there was a so yeah, I bet cool. people I wish people wish they had a dial where they could just turn down their astigmatism. Like I, just, I certainly do, because I do have that. You know oh, you wanna you gotta figure out how to dial that out. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. If only I had a knob on my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> You got, you know what? That should be an internal knob because someone might just come along and try to mess with you. That's true. That's true. Yeah, so, you fall asleep at a party and you wake up and you can't see anything. Yeah, I'm blind. So, I'm blind. <laughs> oh wait, somebody messed with my astigmatism. Astigmatism knob. knob. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, or it's got to be notched. You know, at least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. An eight yeah, position but... rotary knob. Yeah. yeah, or you put the little sticker on my forehead next to where it's supposed to go, so I just know where to put it back. Yeah, there. sticker. <laughs> you got to get those little na- labels like they put on pedals. Like, oh yeah, we would put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. Optimum setting, of course. Yep. Yep. Good time. <laughs> Good time. So yeah, it's, at some point, I'm gonna have an astigmatism knob on a pedal. I just have to. But I. But also, I'm like, I'm super. I'm super into having the like. I. Like I always want to put a million controls on the pedals and I always want to like control weird things that don't have normal names, but I also kind of like, I want the layout to make sense in terms of how the pedal functions. And I want Mm -hmm. it to sort of, you know, I want people to be able to understand how to use it. Even if they don't know what the word means right away, as they start turning the knob, it's going to make some kind of sense. Right. And so it's like it, it, the control is at least self teaching, if not totally intuitive. Um, Yeah. And then, so I don't know what that means. If I'm going to label a knob astigmatism, I might have to just abandon that. Well, no, 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 I think we, no. Could, <laughs> we could work it into a thing because I, we're, uh, 
very thematic with uh, our stuff. Yeah, I, so, I don't know if you uh, haven't picked this up. Our names are have often often have like multiple levels of nerdiness behind yeah, them. Yeah, the, the germ warfare is a germanium based and the red sickness. And if you look at the petals, like it's spelled like a uh, capital G, lowercase e, capital S, capital I, or lowercase I for the sickness. So it's like the germ, the germanium version and the silicone version of the same circuit. Right. And, that, you know, it's spelled like it would be on a, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to remember. What's that chart? The periodic uh, table, periodic of, table elements. of elements. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's My dad's an organic uh, chemistry chemist, Carl. I better get that right. Yeah, yeah I get to see trouble. him listening. Like, come on, Matt. <laughs> yeah, gonna get grounded, yeah. and he's gonna tell him he can't hang out with me anymore. And he's like a smart dude. He just made a blockchain joke to me. <laughs> <laughs> like this dude's, you know, he's getting close to retirement. He's making blockchain jokes. I, yeah, yeah, your dad's a, a, yeah, a pretty. He's a, he's a polymath. A pretty hip dude. I mean, he he came, uh, you know, he's he's been to a few shows with us. Yeah, that's true. He's, he's yeah, I took that. my dad to see Sleep a couple years yeah, ago. That was oh, fun. are you serious? How was yeah. that? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, well, he was he already liked Windhand a bit, and so oh, okay. like Windhand was opening for Sleep, uh, and you know, so I talked him into it. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was good. It was good. He can't quite do Neurosis though. We'll get it's a little too far. Yeah, it's a little, there's just, it's too abrasive. And he's still, he's still like, he still can't quite do screamed vocals most of the time. Yeah. Like, like Matt Pike's tonal growl is about as close as he can get, I think. Yeah, that's understandable. <clears throat> yeah. It's pretty motor heady, his, his sort of like. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's still like, kind of singing. Yeah. His throat just doesn't work right. <laughs> or maybe it works perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy it. I, I think it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Right from a uh, a uh, professional singer standpoint, I guess. It's a uh, um. It's paid it's to my, do it. my, like my wife likes to call sure. some of her favorite vocalists uh, perfectly imperfect. Yeah, yeah, say. yeah. I mean, I, that's that's where that's where I live for the so most many, part. So many good ones for that, though. You know, yeah. I mean, Tom, Tom Waits. Waits. Yeah, Tom Waits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Me and Matt uh, <laughs> are are similar in so so many ways. Yeah, we have con we both have the same congenitally missing teeth. That's true. What? <laughs> what? Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Are you sure so that you're not separated at birth. You know that for um, a fact. Pretty sure. Maybe I, yeah, somewhere back I was along say, the lines. If you're asking me if I'm 100 percent sure, I cannot be 100 percent sure. <laughs> yeah. But it seems really unlikely based on everything yeah. I know. But I mean, I don't know. So it's all yeah. starting to sound suspicious. Matt's yeah. dad, what's the answer here? <laughs> we could talk I, to him. Are your parents know. congenitally missing teeth as well? Uh, I believe that my dad is. Okay, and both of them are. Or maybe are. not. My, so we can't, I don't I know, think we can track it through the teeth anyway. Yeah, I know that my grandfather had the same okay. missing teeth, so well so yeah, it I, wasn't I your front teeth which teeth with it i guess i don't know my well, it's teeth not the, it's not the two front teeth it's the ones adjacent to it the, uh, the, the eye, eye teeth, teeth? Yeah, yeah i believe it's the eye teeth. oh the yeah. vampire teeth yes yes no wait those are the canines right oh, those well are canines. they usually yeah. put them in that position i feel like oh no 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 they are the yeah Car so, Carl's learning medical things, so he knows more about the stuff than I do. Currently. Yeah, but uh, not the teeth. I'm not okay. doing so much. I'm, I'll, I'll probably learn them at some point. I'm going to school to be an x-ray technician, so um, 
I see every every part of your bone and body and all the parts of the bones, all the tuberosities and spine yeah. processes. We're we're actually recording this next to uh, Bonesy. Oh yeah, I have Bonesy. a uh, life size anatomical skeleton um, <laughs> in my house, and because... it's it's next to the table that we're we have the computer and the mic set up on. Yeah, um, he's pretty I cool. See. Uh, and, uh, pretty accurate <laughs> as far as everything goes. I haven't found any parts that don't seem right, uh, as far as, uh, missing like a, a particular part of it. He has all the bones. I just, I don't know if he's missing a specific thing on the bones yet. I, I, I don't think so though. I think seems pretty solid. Looks like he certainly isn't much of a conversationalist bones. He isn't. Uh no, no he's he, a strong I, silent type. Uh, yeah, I talked to him. He uh, yeah, he's a good listener. He's a great listener. <laughs> I heard you know I was home alone one time. Feedback, you know, like yeah, yeah. I heard a weird noise and it was um, what's that, Bonesy? My my roommate was gone <laughs> for the week, so I spent a lot of time oh, talking yeah. to Bonesy. Yeah, and and what it you was, were getting a little weird during that time. Well, no. Well, things were a little weird because so <laughs> my my oven this the the control top's been weird and I don't do a lot of baking I I cook more and so it wasn't a big deal for me and it been half it been oh know, yeah so this is a the, few months the haunted oven story and so my oven, oven story yeah my oven became sentient um and turned itself on uh so I, there was like this weird noise and I couldn't quite place it. And like, I went into the kitchen, I'm like, it's coming from here, whatever, but I couldn't see anything. And then I looked over like 20 <laughs> minutes later and the, and the oven light was on and I, you know, I opened it up and I, I felt that the oven, it wasn't super hot, but it would, it had been on. So I, yeah, I had to disconnect the, um, the, the control panel from it so that I could still use the stove top and, and not use the, uh, the oven. But that I'm was a weird thing. Glad it didn't come to life and try to attack you. I uh, I was worried for a moment because you know turning itself on, having that control is you know a little bit. I feel like All they right, would just. Good. I feel like they would just take over and just kill us. Like that would be the first thing they would do. I mean, maybe. Uh, I mean, because we really uh, we abuse our appliances. We do. Yeah. We're not that's, nice to them. We don't really put them on a good maintenance schedule like we say we're going to when we take them home yeah. from Sears. You know what I mean? Like it's that's true. It's a whole that's thing. True. And and this is a rental, so like it's a rent. You know, the the stove came with the the house that you're renting. Yeah, but Joe's so a like, nice guy. So you're he, like you're like the stove like foster parents. Like stove's like you're not my real dad. I don't have to listen to you. <laughs> yeah, and I'm trying. I don't know how long he lived here, but uh, in in my the the previous tenant was was Joe Jack Talcum from the Dead Milkman. Oh. Um, Interesting. Yeah, he, he lived in this place before I did. Yeah, um, and actually, and my uncle, uh, when he lived in Philly years ago, lived with two or three members of the Dead Milkmen. I don't recall him. Yeah. Um, and he said it was like the most roach-infested place that he'd ever seen. Oh, he was wonderful. With the Dead Milkmen in the 80s. Yeah, well, um, but this place is very nice. So, it is. It's so great. They, they've I moved up it. in the world. Uh, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, um, we've cracked a little over the hour mark, and I still haven't, I still haven't gotten to the the question. Oh man, <laughs> you can edit for content. It's this, okay. Wow. Oh no, we don't. Ed- we we do minimal editing 
on this. Oh, that's <laughs> fine. It's, I try to avoid it if, if at all possible. Yeah, I and I think it. edited for content means something else, Carl. Oh uh, yeah. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah. That's true. But, but there's a there's a thing that was was it edited for content and clarity and or in runtime. I think and runtime. There you yeah, go. runtime. Exactly. TV. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. The TV version of movies. It's TV version of the podcast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So when we get this but, on TV, but we got We have a really important question that that we got to talk about though. Before. Okay. okay yeah. Before. So. Um, uh. First of all, before we get to that, though, okay, tell, this is your time to put up a billboard. Where can everybody find you? Where should they get in touch with you? Oh, et cetera, um, et cetera. The, the best is probably on uh, Instagram, and that's um, electrofoods.pedals uh, on there. Yeah, that's that's probably the easiest. We're also on um, Reverb. We're also on Reverb. We're, we do have a, a Facebook page and a YouTube account, although. Yeah those have significantly less engagement and less stuff on them. We kind of forget they exist sometimes. Yeah. The YouTube's coming. It's really so mostly Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Um, Instagram uh, and website. Yeah. And, and maybe we, the website's coming. It's not, a, it's not up yet. It's being uh, worked on. Yeah. Hopefully very soon. That will yeah. be electrofoods.space. Yep. Um, space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was it was way more fun. Yeah, yeah. we it's we also have electrofoodspedals.com, but it will just redirect to electrofoods.space yeah. because that's so much more cool. It yeah. is more cool. It's the yeah. it's the final frontier. I hear exactly. Yeah, and so you can also email us at info at electrofoods.space. Yeah, it's true. I sent him one. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It works. Yeah, it, it worked. Well, yeah, yeah. Anyway. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So final question, guys. And I think you already know this is coming, but, you know, I, I do. I, I, I got to know and everyone needs to know. And this has made or made it or let's see. It can make or break your company. It really can. I feel uh, I, you know, I'm just saying. So just I, choose your words carefully. I will. I will. I will do my best. All right. Matt and Carl. Okay. What kind of pizza do you like? Uh, I'm gonna say just a, a a cheese pizza is uh it's my my preferred pizza, cheese pizza. Cheese pizza, like uh, what are just, we talking? Like not, Chicago not, style, upside down. Oh, if you want to talk about, I, I mean the whole thing. We really got an upside down pie. Yeah, go yeah. into details, Carl. Come well, on. I mean, yeah, the upside down pie is probably my favorite do you know what that is because that may be a philly thing it, it i don't be. know what that is so it's uh it's provolone cheese um and it's a thinnish crust it's not quite new york style it's definitely not chicago um but thinnish crust yeah and it's, then a spicy zesty kind of tomato sauce on top and yeah, so the cheese is underneath the sauce. The sauce that's, is on top. That's the upside down part. And so oh. the sauce gets caramelized in the oven in a way that it normally doesn't. And it hmm. is. I'm intrigued. And it's, and it's provolone instead of mozzarella, typically. Yes. Which is hmm. also. That's a Philly thing? I, I, I haven't seen it elsewhere. I, I don't I know saw that it, it when I, I moved here. Yeah. I, I only found out about it because Carl was eating it. Yeah. And I, as far as I can tell, it's only on menus in Philly or in Philly you know, greater Philly area. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not a thing I've seen over here yeah. or anywhere else for that matter. And I've not yet been to Philadelphia, but that is 
you know, a personal fault of my own. So it's all right. It's a good town. I, I uh, disliked where I grew up in uh, Williamsport so much that I didn't apply to college inside Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. <laughs> like I abandoned the whole state. <laughs> I didn't go far. I went to University of Delaware, which is like literally five minutes from the border. But uh, and but then I realized that like, hey, the whole state doesn't suck as much as Williamsport. Philly's pretty cool. And, you know, eventually I ended up in Philly. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So how about you? What do you what, what do you like for the pizza? So I am cheese pizza with green peppers and onions. Not half bad. I'm down with yeah. that. We're both we're both vegetarian, so yeah, we're uh, I I I I was pretty much into all of that plus sausage back in the day, and if mm-hmm. you can find place a place with decent vegan or vegetarian sausage, I will throw that on there as well. Um, but it's not really required. I've grown to appreciate just the cheese pizza with with peppers and onions without the sausage over the years. Yeah, especially if it's done well and like the the onions like basically like get sautéed in the the cheese grease. Mm-hmm. While it's in the oven, and you know the peppers, kind of the same thing, like slightly the, caramelized. Yeah, it is uh, good. It's pretty freaking good. That's my parents' favorite. Is it really? Yeah, huh. yeah. All these years, you've been hiding that from me. Well, <laughs> next time John and Ricky come down, we'll have pizza together. <laughs> and like I'll, a plan. I'll tell them, hey, this yeah. is you know, nice. <laughs> you guys can bond together, like over exactly. the love. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I've eaten, and then we can go to a sleep show. Uh, that won't happen with my parents, <laughs> you know. But I have had pizza with Chris. I've had, yeah. had pizza with your dad. That's true. Maybe Probably one of these days I can have pizza with your Probably. dad. Yeah, let's set it up. Let's do it. We can make it happen. It'd be fun. It'd be book, fun. Book, book a flight. Yeah. yeah, next time you're in Philly. I mean, he, he's a four-hour drive away. It's not too bad. Like, hey, this guy from the internet wants to eat a pizza with you. <laughs> yeah, he'd probably, he'd probably be like, all right, as long as I'm free. It <laughs> <laughs> does sound like what he would say. Yeah. Um, Good times. Good times. Well, let me wrap this one up and uh, then maybe we can, uh, maybe I can arm bar you guys into a, a little bit for Patreon. What do you say? Oh, yeah, yeah. that sounds yeah, fine. We're into, it. we're into it. We're great. That sounds great to us. We don't have right. any uh, constraints at the moment. All right. We'll talk Philly cheesesteaks when we get in there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All right, everybody. For Matt and Carl, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. All right. There we go. That one is in the can. I'm told in the can is a term they say in Hollywood. I don't know if that's actually true or not. I've never been on a Hollywood movie set, but that's what I hear. So this one's in the can. There you go. And if you liked what you heard, we've got about a whole nother hour with Matt and Carl from Electra Foods on the Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash tonemob, you can hear extended interviews with guests. You can hear uh, me and my good friend Justin Porter horsing around in the shred shed and talking about all kinds of gear-related nonsense. You can hear uh, who knows what. There's different levels. There's different levels of things that uh, get you access to different parts, and every little bit of it helps support the show. I cannot tell you how much that means to me, that there are people willing to do that, and if you are one of those, check out Patreon and see if any of it works for you. I really, really appreciate it. But even if you can't, if, if you could just share this episode with one person, if you think that 
that somebody would really enjoy some of this uh, internet rambling nonsense, some of this uh, whatever this is. I'm still trying to figure it out. It is a guitar show, but as you know, sometimes it's not. So uh, it means the world to me that you're listening, and if you could find some other people that would be interested in it as well, share it in your favorite Facebook group. Share it with your friends, family, anybody you think might be into it. I would so, so appreciate it, and it really helps more than you could possibly know. So until next time, I hope you have the absolute best week ever. I mean it. Best week ever. See you, folks. Bye. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com Stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.